<laughs> Welcome to Bash University Live. I was just going to have a sip of coffee, Rich. You nailed it that time, Pete. <laughs> you got the cue. It was excellent. Right on time, as it should be. Welcome uh, welcome to the show, guys. Really cool show today. We're going to be talking with three of the movers and shakers in the kayak bass fishing world that are uh, that are really with us uh, at Bass University. We're excited uh, to announce. We let the cat out of the bag last week, but we are launching today Kayak Bass University, guys. The, the kayak space is the fastest growing space in, in the sport of fishing, and kayak bass fishing is just huge and growing every day. And at Bass University, we're working with the best anglers on the planet, teaching about what they're really good at. And uh, we're going to have them all. Our, our, you know, three of the guys that we're working with right now are going to be on the show today. we got Jody Queen, Ryan Lambert, and Drew Gregory, um, three champions in the kayak world. Uh, they're going to be with us today talking about uh, some of the lessons that they put together for Bash U. And we're going to be talking about what's going on in the world of kayak fishing. Uh, so many people love this sport. They love it for a lot of different reasons because, uh, number one, it, 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 it gives you access to the water in a way that is very, very unique. Uh, you can get into the backwaters without having to jump berms <laughs> like some of our guys tried to do recently. And uh, you can you, you can put your baits in places where fish don't normally see baits. And it's really a cool experience. Rich, it's how I started fishing, you know, in these little lakes and ponds around here. I mean, that's how we did it, man. We would, For sure. we would wade, get in a canoe, and we would try to get in these out-of-the-way places, and, and that's kayak fishing. Yeah, it is. Kayak in the bed of a truck, man, whether it's a you know, little kayak, canoe, little tiny john boat. I mean, it's you know, it's, uh, it's how we all got into it, and it's cool to see how things have progressed in this sector of the sport with, with kayak fishing. I mean, it, it gives so many people access to fishing and tournament fishing, and now with you know the advancements in technology on these on these kayaks or or it's boats, amazing. Uh, it it truly is incredible. And you know, one of the things that I took away from you know our initial shoots in the kayak world is the the whole spectrum of how versatile these guys are. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, we worked with Drew Gregory one day, and then the next day we worked with Jody Queen. And it's safe to say, Pete, that they have completely different styles in fishing right like uh drew is is very committed to what he does he likes to get into the backwater he keeps things really simple and then the next day working with jody i got to see how dialed in the electronics on these kayaks can be and it really was eye-opening to to see how efficiently these guys can cover every section of the water out of a kayak it is amazing and and the technology is great like it it's it's the strategy, like you said, of Drew getting into the backwaters. Right. But the, the technology is there, forward-facing sonar, torpedo, the mm -hmm. motors, allowing them to get into the big water if they want. Uh, you know, there's so much that, that can be done, and you can enjoy this sport any way you want it. And and one of the really cool parts about it that is its affordability, its accessibility. Sure. By from, from high school, college kids to, you know, family men, you can get into this and enjoy this yep. this awesome sport at a fraction of uh, of what it can cost to do it you know out of out of a hundred thousand dollar bass boat yep. so and still win some nice cheese if you're jumping in the tournaments too i mean you know these 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 kayak trails they're they're paying out some some money pete and it's you know it's uh 
it's a lot less of an investment to get into the game uh when it comes to the kayak fishing world and you know you can you can still win some money doing it so yep. it's uh it's really cool to see that well we love we love bass fishing and it's awesome that they love it too and uh, guys it's live right now on the site um check out check out these guys their tutorials available on bashu.tv download the app if you haven't done that we have a free app you can watch all this stuff and we have an amazing uh offer going on right now you can try it for free uh for one dollar check it out and uh we've got a, a great we're, we're still running the red white and bu prize pack by the way my, my father came over uh on memorial day wearing the red white and bu hat which oh, that's right yeah which was pretty awesome uh do want to take a moment and and I want to thank all of our uh, armed forces, all the sacrifice um, that has been made over the years to protect our freedom. And I want to thank you for all the men and women that have paid that ultimate price. Uh, that's what Memorial Day is all about. And and I want to thank all the armed forces that are that are active right now, um, letting us you know live in this country that that, that we love and and man do stuff like kayak bass fishing is pretty awesome. But thank you, thank you guys. And to celebrate that, we've got a really cool red, white, and blue Bashu hat. It's a custom hat. It's uh, for annual subscribers right now. You guys get that hat. Check it out. And uh, and you could possibly win one today with our prize pack. Oh, we're giving one, yes. one away? It's not here yet. It's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be here by today. But we're definitely giving away a BU red, white, and BU hat today. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. we got a like and share social contest going on as always uh and we have a prize pack for that yep. as well as a trivia uh prize which um alan always seems to win every time <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Dan Allen. Yes, he does he, uh mr allen just wins every time so i, yes. I challenge you guys to beat him today mm -hmm. um what are our prizes today well for our like and share we have our awesome sponsor waterwood custom baits and for our grand prize, we have a pair of Hobie eyewear, sunglasses, and a nice. red, white MBU hat. Wow. Mm -hmm. Sweet prize today. Yes. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, it's been a busy weekend. I want a big, big congrats to our own Riz, who won a derb down on the Chesapeake this weekend with a solid 20-pound bag. Congrats, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was uh, nice to uh, break through on one. Kind of been scratching the surface here for few weeks you know top fives and you know finally uh you know broke through on one so it was good to uh good to get her done that was that was good to get her done man it was a uh, tough we're we're experiencing tough fishing conditions on our waterway i know a lot of you guys probably are too that post spawn funk um our, our you know the chest piece kind of challenging so catching a 20 pound bag man that's a that's a job that's a hard task right now so well done Riz. yeah it was um it was it was a good day you know whether you know i knew we were going to be close the second place was 19 something and then there was an 18 a 17 16 so on and so forth and you know i knew we were going to kind of be right there and whether or not we won i was going to be very happy with the finish just because of the way the way we fished um i got to fish with a buddy of mine that we we both got into tournament fishing at the same time in like 2016 and you know we had little tin rigs and we were like we're gonna do it we're gonna go all the way you know and <laughs> we realized how quickly you know we, we didn't really know what we were doing but we learned a lot together over the years and 
we don't get to fish derbies as much together anymore. And, you know, so it was cool to cool to grab a win, jumping back in the game uh, for the first time in a couple years. And uh, we really fished a good team tournament, Pete. You know, and what I mean by that is we we kind of had, you know, the the yin and yang going on with, you know, in the morning when I'm when I'm winding the chatterbait, he's dragging the worm. And, you know, when we when we, you know, made some other adjustments, we, we really fed off of each other really well. And um, the, uh, you know, sometimes in, in those tournaments, it's like one guy gets the bites going in the morning. And that yeah. in, in this event, that was that was me. I caught our first four and then I caught one. I caught one pitching, you know, pitching a worm at some clumps of grass. And he was like, man, you're really kicking my butt. And I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I know you're going to get your bites. And, uh, and, he, and he did. You know what I mean? And yeah. It uh, worked out good. We caught a four-pounder right at the end of the day with like 18 minutes to go in the tournament. The tournament so, winner. Exactly. So, that you know, that's like, you know, when that stuff goes on, you know, it's, you Love know, it. it's meant to be. So. And, you know, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole strategy. Team tournament fishing is really – uh, a, a different type of strategy sure. and, and we've talked about it here on the show we've had team tournament shows i want to do another one because it's uh it, it's it is really you know you see certain teams that just excel they win and win and win uh because they're like you said you have one guy maybe they can power fish one guy finesse fishes one you know one guy does this or that better than the other guy and the, and the the two of them working together is man it's a it's a special thing uh, but congratulations on a great win. Thank you. I got out and did a little bit of fishing myself, uh, which was really cool. Um, catching a little bit of that post spawn action, still, uh, catching those fry garters using, using a lot of soft plastics, uh, still on, on the Delaware river, my home body of water. So it was good to get out and air it out a little bit. And, uh, we're all getting ready for the Ike foundation tournament guys. If you haven't signed up for that, it's going on right now. Given a first place is a bass cat with a yamaha and sure. uh, it's what what is that 30,000 30,000 yeah 30,000 it's and the only we event have, we have some really great uh prizes for second through six so we added a sixth nice. place because of all the uh prizes that we had we were able to to move some down so we're giving away some pro guide batteries um power pole blade eights i could be messing this up um there's this, this light fixture that's like worth a thousand dollars i know that but i forget the name of it um there's just a lot lorance units and there's also hummingbird not hummingbird I, I would like you to add a prize to wherever i wind up finishing in the tournament okay sounds <laughs> uh, good i'll add awesome. a bash you subscription <laughs> that's what that that'd be great i need i I'll add that to my current subscription. Seriously, yes. if you're in if you're in this part of the country, you know the whole Mid Atlantic region. This is like you gotta fish this tournament. You know, it's 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 the only one around us where you get to win a boat, you get to win you know something that's really really valuable. And uh, when it comes down to it, all of the proceeds are going towards a cause that we need in fishing. We need to keep getting kids involved in the sport of fishing in order to keep this whole train rolling. So. Um, you know, even if you're not used to fishing on the Chesapeake, whatever, come up, get involved, get your, get your name in the hat. You could win a boat and you're, you're, you're helping out a really good cause in the, and if, in the process. And so. if you're unable to make it, you can still donate to the specific cause at the ikefoundation.org. And you can sign up there too. So yes. go to ikefoundation.org, get signed up, make a donation. I don't care if you live in California, come on out, hang out with us, have fun, fish the tournament. Mm -hmm. Chesapeake's a blast. And uh, it, it, the fishing is always good 
when that two weeks from now, it'll be way better than it is even right now. So uh, look forward to that. That's coming up. And uh, what else? do we have any other announcements? Oh, we're coming to you live from Tackle Direct Studios. Yep. Yes. <laughs> we also <laughs> well, got a. Big oh shipment. yes, that's what I want. We got a big shipment in, and I want to share this with you guys. Uh, I want. I've introduced a lot of you guys to Cortland Braid. We have through, uh, um, you know, through our social and and here on the show. But I'm unboxing. We just got our shipment of line in, and I'm super excited about it. Uh, there's a couple uh, choices I, of line that I want to share with you guys that I use, and uh, and I, and I'm, it's very important to me that I get to go through the box first before Rich and the rest of the guys get to it. But this is. This is Master Braid. This is eight pound high vis. Now, I typically throw 10 pound high vis. Why do I have this eight pound high vis line in my order? And I'll tell you why. Um, uh, Fred Rombanis, boom, boom, good friend of the show, longtime Bash University instructor, is a huge proponent of the eight pound test category of this line when he's using it as main line for spinning. He said, Pete, you got to try it. You're going to be amazed at its strength. And, of course, it's castability because it's such a small diameter. Uh, this is the line that he uses a ton of. So I'm going to I'm gonna scale down and get into the eight-pound test category. Sorry, we're getting a little bit of visible vis, visual difficulties here that we're uh, straightening out. There it is right there. Um, uh, some, of, some of the other – Master Braid is is just the great – it's the it's, – it's the flagship of the braided line from Cortland. A lot of you guys know Cortland from uh, from Fly Lines. Um, they make just the most amazing braided line. They assemble it right there at their factory in the Finger Lakes region in New York. I saw it. Uh, it's it's really an amazing facility, and their quality control is is um, is top notch, which makes for a dependable line, consistent line that's going to deliver for you. But this is a, this is a 65 pound braid. This is something that I'm going to be using for flipping and for frogging. We've got, this is one of the other lines that I really love. And, uh, and I ordered this, um, in a couple different, uh, pound tests. This is 65, but this is silent flip and silent flip is a 12 strand braid and it's done. Um, I think I got that right. Is it, <laughs> is it 12 or 16? I can't remember, but it's uh it's multi-strand and, and the, what does that do? It, it lays flat and it's silent when it's pressed against the vegetation or the habitat, it, it delivers less noise. So it doesn't broadcast a strike and a really, really unique braid that you want to definitely check out. If you're flipping around grass, if you're flipping around uh wood, that's, that's going to be a line that you're really going to like. So we've got, um, We've got a variety of pound tests. I'm going to be running uh, 8 and 10 and 15 on my spinning rods as my main line. I love that high-vis yellow. Riz likes the white uh, from a visibility perspective. And, and then there's moss green. There's a variety of camo colors that you can use in, in, in your lines. And I'm going to be uh, fishing 40, 65, a uh, variety of lines in my frogging and flipping. So uh, really excited. Check it out, guys. Go over to bashu.tv uh, and check out your member benefits because we hook you up with a great opportunity to get yourself into some Cortland line. And you can also get it at Tackle Direct. So. Yeah, it's 25% off Cortland line and what? Master Braid and Silent Flip. So go head over and get 25% off. Now, Now's your chance, guys. Yeah. Now's your chance. 
Jocelyn, make sure um, to block Rich and Justin before. <laughs> I already heard you guys while I was in my office going through, <laughs> like, oh, this one's mine. Wait, maybe it's not mine. This one's mine. This one's mine. <laughs> well, we're we're excited to, to be working with them, guys. Yes. Go check it out. We're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. Today's show is all about kayak bass fishing. You know, if you want to get into this sport, uh, you want to get into the backwaters, you want to experience this sport in a very, very unique and exciting way, this is it. We've got three of the best kayak pro anglers on the planet. They're going to be here talking with us all about it right after these messages at Bash University Live. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense. It's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee. They're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's, uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. Underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That are made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod, 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I've found that can withstand my hooks set. Boom, goes the dynamite. On the water, not spent fishing is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating. 
integrating and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash University Live, Kayak Edition. Uh, glad to have you guys with us today. I'm looking forward to talking with these guys. They have all different styles and, uh, and, and unique strategies, and we're going to be diving into it with them. But I do want to correct myself. It's a 16-strand uh, braid from Cortland that is, uh, is the silent flip, which uh, allows it to be so quiet when you're coming in and out of the heavy cover. So uh, go check that out, guys. Um, man, we have, we have a trio. These are, you know, we, we looked into this thoroughly working in the kayak world. We wanted to, when we, when we, when we wanted to dive into the world of kayak bass fishing, we wanted to make sure we did it in bass university style, meaning picking the, the, the top anglers, uh, teaching what they're really, really good at. And we wanted to do that here in the kayak world. And we've got a trio of the best. And um, and that's what's launched. That's what's available right now on BashU.TV and much, much more to come. But the three are here with us today, and we're really, really psyched to have them. We've got Ryan Lambert, How's it Jody going? Queen, and Drew Gregory, uh, three champs. Thanks for being with us today, guys. Nice to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, it's awesome. Let's. I, I, there's a lot of credentials here. So I'm gonna re I'm gonna read some of the hot ones, uh, and you guys you guys can uh, add to it. But Ryan is the 221 2021 Hobie Bass Champ. Jody is the Hobie BOS Grand Champ, and Drew is the 2022 BASS AOY. So that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg of some of the credentials. You guys have really been you know setting yourselves apart. And we're thrilled, thrilled to have you guys representing Bash U. Uh, thanks for having us, man. I think uh, all three of us have been at this for a while and and worked really hard to try to, you know, make a name for ourselves and, and you know, continue to grow this thing. I think this is a huge opportunity for, for all of us. Well, I, I think it's great to have you. By the way, you, ha you have the best uh, studio, uh, Ryan. Uh, well, I, I've got to make up for the fishing skills somewhere, so I'm ready to make a good studio. Hey, I'm traveling. I'm traveling, so I'm in Little Missouri. I'm headed to Bassmaster Kayak Series in Possum Kingdom Lake, so give me a little break here. I'm on the road. This is the best I could do. <laughs> hey, it, no, it's awesome. We're glad to have you. I'm just impressed with Ryan, with Ryan's studio, man. That's awesome. Oh, he's I'm a pro, up. dude, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's good stuff. So, so you are on the road. Where are you right now? I'm in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. I'm on my way to, I had a meeting here this morning and I'm on my way to Possum Kingdom Lake, just west of Fort Worth there and uh, Bassmaster Kayak Series event number three. So trying to defend that AOI, you know what I mean? I got to do my best. I got GDP pushing in hard. I got these other top <laughs> anglers, you know, fishing that series now. Steve yes. Owens is taking it over. So it's, it's not going to be easy, but I will give it my best. Man, that's, that's awesome. That's a long trip. Well, I guess where, where is your home base? Northeast Ohio these days. I grew up in the Southeast in Atlanta and lived in the Carolinas for, you know, 15 years, but 19 hours for me, man. So this was kind of a, a middle spot where I stopped uh, last night and had a meeting anyway with some sponsors. So that's why I'm here. Um, but yeah. Hey, to back up real quick on your Cortland line. Cause you know, we're here to, to educate, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you know this, Pete, but I was with Cortland Line for about five years. I love those guys. Ryan at Cortland, love, uh, you know, Rubanis, the whole crew. Like, I love Cortland Line. And I, I didn't switch because anything to do with the line. The line's still great, that Master Braid. And, and people know, and maybe you guys out there, if you watch the, the seminar that I do with, with Bass U, I'm a big fan of just straight braided line as, as much as I can, right? Especially the places I fish, it just tends to work with my baits that I throw and my style. But, Pete, the, uh, the here's a little trivia for everybody. Jody, Ryan, you guys can get in on this. Everybody listen, watching live here. Which braided line color shows up the least in clear water? Like what color? Because Cortland, the cool thing about Cortland, what I did like about Cortland, mm. uh, I loved everything about them. Like I said, I, I switched for a different reason. But um, the, they have multiple colors of, of braided line. They have so many different colors. Now, there's one color that I think they're still making. Hopefully they are. Otherwise, I'm you know promoting something that isn't there. But which color shows up the, the least in, uh, in you know, I, clear water? I have a guess. Go ahead. Uh, is, is it copper? No. Probably it's, probably yellow or some kind of bright color. <laughs> He's, Jody's kind of one. You're getting close, Jody. You were close. With, it's not what you would think. Mm-hmm. Red, Red, blue. It's, you want me to tell? Should I tell it? I mean, yeah, yeah, let's hear yeah. it. Yeah, please. Right. The well, suspense is killing me. The suspense, yeah. <laughs> it's white. White is the best for clear water. So you get your eight-pound white. Instead, if you still want to throw braid, you throw eight pound white and you can go on YouTube because I did this and watch. There's a guy who's done line tests and he's got like a little mechanism he built this square. It might have been the Bass Fishing HQ guy. I'm not sure. Is that Tyler? Maybe. I don't know. One of these guys is pretty good and he's done like a test and he uh, dips it in there with every color braided line, every single one of them. And then he films it underwater where you can see underwater. And that's the best one for clear water is white shows up the least whereas your moss green and stuff like that are going to show up even more but then on um on he does it with, with i think monofilament and fluoro as well so you can kind of see what which one of those i don't remember the answer but already starting that's, off with some good info here yeah that, that that's that's great stuff i know i know the copper color is something that's really popular in a lot of the midwestern northern sections i was when i was at the factory they were talking about it and uh and I thought that I thought that was the sneaky answer. I thought I was going to get that W on that, yeah, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but not, it, it, interesting. And it's so important to you um, to dive in a little bit, Drew, because you, um, you 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 tie direct braid almost exclusively. And we learned, you know, we learned this at your Bash University seminar, which is live right now on on Bashy.tv, where you talk about your jig fishing strategies, and um, and you're you just man. I want to tie direct. I want to eliminate any possible failures and maximize my opportunities. That's just the way you go. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's just, it's all about the places I fish and, and where I go and, and the baits I throw, you can get away with it. I'm not saying I tie direct and like I go drop shot in 20 foot on Lake Hartwell or Lake Lanier or some clear water fishery, you know, and, and do that. I don't fish that way. I don't fish those baits. So that's why I never have to ever deviate from my strategy. I just choose and find the water that works best for your buzz baits, chatter baits, spinner baits, swim baits, just things like that. You can tie direct, get a reaction bite off of a visual target. I'm just an old school fisherman, you know, shallow water, dirt dauber, and you can get away with tying straight braid. You can throw top waters with straight braid. They don't see your line on top water. So, uh, yeah, man, single hook baits, straight braid. I just like to get them in the boat and let's get them on the board, get them on that catch board, get them back in the water and, uh, you know, see, see what uh, happens at the end of the day. Hopefully you got a, you know, good five. 
Well, I love, the strategy is one that's extremely successful you, for you, and uh, congratulations on that. And, and it's, it, guys, I want to invite you guys to go check that out. You're, you, you, you won't be disappointed in what you learned there uh, from Drew. And, I, you know, I complimented Ryan on his amazing studio lighting, but I think Jody wins with the most interesting uh, the background there in your studio, Jody. Oh, yeah. That's Basquatch. Basquatch. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the one that always gets away, takes all your $25 plugs, and, you know, I mean, he, yeah. He's got a squirrel on his shoulder, too, by the way. So, so yeah. It's a little so devil squirrel. Lived, he lived under an old cypress root most of his life, and then uh, he just became a part of the tree, man, you know, and so he, he's up walking around looking for those anglers, man, that keep trying to catch him. I like it. I like it. What? A, that's a great. It's a great business, right? You can put you can put Basquatch out there and uh, collect all the crankbaits you want. That's right. That's right. He gets them too. I've I've is is he, is he just for the studio or does he actually travel around? Uh, no, we just actually got him finished up last week, and uh, <clears throat> I've already done a, a video of him called Wild Thing. And uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's going to be in a few reels coming up. I'll use him for some promotional stuff but uh once we make something here in a couple of days we just move on to something else like you know this is actually going to be a this is called white lightning that's going to be a big chatterbait can you see the hook oh yeah that's a, a oh, mega yeah. chatterbait yeah so it's going to be white lightning it's going to be like a moonshine steel and uh it's going to have a worm coming out of it and it's going to be unveiled at icast this year for uh, the z-man at the z-man booth so so just having fun, man. That's that's the other part of my life besides fishing. You know, I, I, I'm an artist, and uh, I'm always doing something. We're renovating a, a huge building here, at the, and we, it's Gary Bowling's House of Art. If you guys want to get out there and check it out, but but it's just it's a, it's a fun life. Uh, you never work a day in your life, right? Yes. Well, I, I want to dive into there a little bit more, but I also want to advise you to like get together. Z-Man should get together with I think it's the Big Bite Bait Company. They have like a six foot Senko that they have on display. I think that that'd be the perfect trailer for that chatterbait. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be perfect. Well, yeah, Texas, it's only weigh about two hundred pounds, probably. <laughs> you are seeing more collaborations these days with it within bait companies, so you never have make a big yeah. make one of those yeah. out of a Laztec or something. Well, you know, Z-Man is, uh, you know, they make the, the jackhammer, which everybody in the world is throwing one by now, but. Uh, they're just if you look at their logo it's it's the science and art of fishing you know that's one reason why i like because they're they're into that the, the other side of fishing that z-man is exploring is is the anglers what they do in the the other part of their life and uh and they make of course they make awesome baits i mean i'm almost exclusively using their baits right now i mean the sling blades uh and drew i know you throw the sling blade a lot in the and Drew and I throw a lot of the same base. We just use them differently sometimes, you know. But we're both river rats. We we grew up in the, on the rivers, and uh, I just recently uh, started getting into the lake scene and the electronics. You was talking about forward facing sonar. It's how how much it's changed the the industry. But uh, you know, I just I'm just starting to get into all that, and uh, I'm actually thinking about. Uh, doing a year where I'm just doing nothing but uh, the rivers again. And I, I miss it. I miss getting in those rivers and those tight spots, but, uh, 
But you, if you're going to compete in this world now, you know, uh, kite fishing has come so far. You're going to have to have the electronics. You're going to have to have, you know, the, the torpedo motors. You're going to, you know, it's just, uh, it's growing just like the bass world's growing. You know, the big boat world is growing. I think we've definitely seen a big shift uh, on that technology side. You know, if you look back three or four years ago, uh, you know, most everybody tournaments were being won you know, still shallow traditional fishing and the past, really, I guess the past three years, you've seen that forward facing sonar really kind of take over the kayak fishing world. I mean, Rolando and, and Ewing Miner, the stuff that they do with those forward facing sonar right. units, it's hard to beat. I mean, when they're targeting fish that, that aren't getting pressured by the other 200 anglers in the field, uh, it, it really makes the difference on the leaderboard. Yeah. And I think it's something kind of new too. And then there's a lot of people getting into it. I think that the, what I'm what I'm finding now is I'm I'm finding that balance uh, when to use it when not to use it. Uh, I've it, yeah. it's it's hurt me at, at times where I get caught up just watching TV basically on my screen. You know? <laughs> so so you got to find that balance uh, geographically the type of lakes you're fishing. You know if you're in these highland reservoirs you got a lot of nice good rivers that, you know that hold smallmouth and largemouth and you just got to figure out when to use it. Uh, those places are still producing fish. It's just a lot of people are switching to the, because of the novelty of it. A lot of people are, are using the forward face sonar. I mean, you can ask Drew, he does well in the, in the creek still. And that's oh, yeah. I mean, away from, yeah. But what's crazy about forward facing guys is think about this. Like remember Tyler Rivette on Okeechobee winning in that canal. No one had ever thought about going in there and using the forward facing how he did. Okay. Now right. we're coming up on the Sabine. And when we were at the Sabine last what was that? A couple of years ago, when the elites were there, forward facing was never used like how Rivet just used it. People weren't using the uh, perspective mode. People weren't really understanding it fully outside of it being a really good like a winter time sort of technology. So I preface and say all that to say this: watch the Sabine River Elite Series now in June. When you would think on the on a river system, uh, you know, shallow water, just a lot of backwaters, you would think, and that's what the majority of guys are going to do. That's what Christie did. When he won, he was up a, up a river, a creek. Somebody, I don't know if it's one of the Japanese guys, like uh, Fujita or someone who's got like five of these screens on their or their front deck, or <laughs> yeah. five sonars going. Somebody will find a new way to find fish with that tool in yep. June, you know, post-spawn now in June, in the summer, and, and be in that top ten. I don't know who it's going to be, you know, but it's cool to see it just be used in so many different ways. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, shallow water is not – I mean, it, it's not a, a killer for that that unit. I mean, right. The way I use mine, and I've started doing this a lot, is I, I use my uh, scout mode, and I've got an active target. I'm fishing in three feet of water using it, and all I do is I I'll make it spin freely on my so that I can adjust it back and forth, and you can hone in on those shallow fish. I mean, because being able to adjust with the incline of a, of, a, of a flat. I mean, it just brings everything into focus and you can just move it back and forth. So it's, there's a lot of different ways. And the more it gets used, the more ways that we're going to find to use it, you know. Yeah. I agree. And by the way, Jody's uh, seminar uh, tutorial about how he exactly rigs that on his kayak is available right now uh, at our launch here on Bash University. Uh, and and now, Drew, are you using it in the shallow backwaters? Have you adapted it for your style? Not yet, man. <laughs> I still, but, but I mean, I'm not even, forget that question, Pete. I'm still not even too, 
just a fish finder in general. I used to use them and have them, but I, I just enjoy rivers and creeks. And hey, that's why I got into kayak fishing. I've always mm -hmm. kind of stayed true to who I am. I love the rivers, creeks, backwaters, little sneak holes. I, I love that stuff. And you don't really need what? it there. You can still, you know, win and and be successful doing it. It's just, it's just tougher now. You know what I mean? Much tougher. So, and I, you know, I, the, the years I've done well in the last few years, I, I've never even had a motor. I mean, I got a Torquedo now. I love that thing because it is awesome for the rivers and creeks. But mm -hmm. I just was still using a paddle and just a little little kayak and uh, just doing more like a Rick Clun and sort of I just have done this so long, you know, rivers and creeks. I just kind of kind of know what I know and I'm getting to the point where I'm, I'm old enough where they probably, you know, I know an old dog can learn new tricks, but it's not easy. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of like what I'm doing and it's successful. So why am I going to try and, and change until it starts failing? I was 15th out of what, 250 at the first Bassmaster event on, on Gunnersville. So, uh, you know, I wasn't close to what GDP put up, but it wasn't a bad finish, you know, so I'm still still competitive with what I'm doing, so I'm going to stick with it. Well, you know, it's like our own Riz. He refuses to put down his chatterbait. Yeah. Hand up. <laughs> I mean, but if you, if, you look at, if you look at tournament finishes, <laughs> you can always – I'll always talk myself out of it. Like, ah, this one, they're not eating the chatterbait on this one. And you look in the top five – and somebody's like, oh, I was slow rolling a chatterbait on a, you know, 30 foot drop or, you know, something crazy, but it still catches <laughs> yeah. fish. I don't know how or why, but it does. Yeah, one thing I figured out about the chat chatterbait is on any given lake, somewhere on that lake, there's, there's a chatterbait bite. Yeah, you just got to find it. <laughs> there's yeah. a fish waiting strategy. on that unnamed bladed yeah. jig to come through. There. <laughs> Riz, you got two Z's in your name, bro. Like you were made for Z man and Chatterbait, dude. They need to name one after you and call it the Riz and just make that. Come on, man. Let's Z's go. Hook it up. Big. Get yourself a little little royalty. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're committed Riz. to there's it. All kind of, there's all kind of Riz imposter yeah. going on lately in the social media world. Yeah, and, the kids uh, are all about the Riz nowadays. Yeah, whatever it means, you know what I mean? <laughs> Pete, you invented that nickname in 2018. Uh, I, that's right. I, I'll Over take, a tongue twister. Uh, yeah. Ike lost his mind, and uh, the rest is history. That's the new name. Well, you got two Zs. You need to have a – it should have two blades. Yeah. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd, be, that'd be revolutionary. But, An so under chatter. I, I want to know something about the kayak world, and, and, and Ryan, you – touched upon how in the last three years the uh the forward-facing sonar has really been a push like you know what has been in and it may be forward-facing sonar but like in the last handful of years like what has been the biggest development or the biggest breakthrough in kayak fishing that's you know really taken things to the next level for you guys i would say forward-facing sonar or motors those two you know, you can pick which one uh, you like better, but being able to cover, you know, 16 to 20 miles in a day versus five or six <laughs> has been right. a big game changer, too. And you mean wow. that, you know, right? You know, I would, I would actually give up my, my forward-facing sonar if I had to give up my motor. I, I would keep the motor. Wow. Forward-facing mm -hmm. sonar any day. That's a bold, that's a bold statement. 16 mm. to 20 miles, that's... That doesn't seem feasible, but you're you can you can cover that kind of water now. I mean, we, you can do it pedaling. You're just gonna hate you know hate yourself at the end of the day. I've done it numerous times and it sucks. But when you do it with a yeah. motor, you actually get to fish some of that time too, instead exactly. of just covering sixteen to twenty miles. 
So, so with the advent of the motor, I mean, you have hands-free fishing. Uh, I mean, hands-free. You're not, you're not uh, paddling. You're right. Paddling. So you, you're the amount of cast that you make during a tournament are going to go up because you're not pulling with with the paddle and stuff. Unless you're Drew Gregory, of course, who is like a buzzsaw on the water. But uh, but yeah, it, it just frees your hands up to do other things. You're, you're not boat control is is so much easier with it you know forward and reverse on the motors you can go in you can work docks uh, so much faster if you're a dock fisherman i can you know with the you know coupled with the 360 on the hobie i mean you can eat a dock uh, if you're a dock fisherman the 360 with the motor is is amazing or well, even bow mounted even bow mounted motors yeah. i know drew you, you had a lot of experience with the motor guide yeah motor guide. yeah, yeah. It, it, i mean it's fine you know for me rivers and creeks it just worked a little better with the torpedo and and you kind of i kind of had to make a switch too because now we have uh, in kayak fishing we have designated launches so, you know in these tournament trails so i can't put in any public access point which used to be the rules which is where the paddle kayak came in really handy because i could just put in anywhere i could put in on any given saturday or sunday just fun fishing we could put in for these tournaments as long as it was public right but now mm-hmm. we, we don't have that we have designated launches so therefore i might be miles away from where i used to just be able to put in and use a paddle kayak. So now the the motor is you, you ha, like Jody said earlier. Yeah, you, you basically kind of have to have it these days. I mean, you have to. Like at Possum Kingdom, we got about five or six places to launch. This tournament about to go fish. That's it. Is it is the is the Torquedo legal and and everything? Because I knew for some time it was like oh, yeah, well, not so in Hobies, but not in Hobie, it's not. But but you can use it pre-fishing at Hobie tournaments. Yeah. Okay. But uh, Bassmaster and and the KBF side, you can use them. So, okay. I, so one thing I'd love to know from from all three of you guys, and we can kind of roundtable it, is like the, the 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 strategy. And this is like what intrigues me so much about kayak fishing because you guys have to take different different approaches to the tournament side of things, and you have to be like extremely efficient with like if you say I'm going to fish this section of the lake today, you have to almost make that section of the lake work for that for that practice day because you. You just you can't run to the the other end of the lake like it's there's there's differences so like how does how does it how how do you guys go about that like your your tournament approach from from practice through practice into game day and 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 making it happen start with you ryan all right i i have a different approach than i know drew drew (laughs) drew drew's a little more run and gun i look for an area that has enough fish for at least one day so I, I don't want to move. I don't want to load up. Uh, so I try to find, you know, I'll hit five or six areas in practice, and I try to find one that I think if I slow down, and I'm a finesse fisherman. I like fishing slow. So if I can sit and grind out five good bites in a day, I want to be able to stay in that one area and just steadily cull up throughout the day. Uh, I don't like wasting time, you know, moving around. Uh, sometimes if I do think that I'm going to need two spots in a day, I'll, I'll set like a hard time limit. Like, okay, I'm fishing here till 10, whatever I have at 10, I'm loading up. I've got 45 minutes to get to the other spot and then, you know, fish the second half of the day. Uh, but I, I try to, uh, you know, keep it at two ramps is, is about my maximum. That drew what's your, yeah, what's yeah. your approach? Well, I mean, it, it's all different now. I mean, the, like I said, the rules just changed. This is the first year we've had designated launches and rules where you can't get out, uh, like, well, KBF changed the rules back, but Hobie and, and uh, Bassmaster, you always have had to stay in your kayak. So right now, 
You're not allowed to get out of your kayak. So unlike a bass boat tournament, if Poche gets in somewhere with his boat, he can get out and pull his boat out. You know what I mean? Like you're allowed to get right. out of your bass boat, but not to get in somewhere. We can't get out period whatsoever to get our kayak, you know, into another area. So, what happens if you fall in the water? <laughs> well, then not, hope your GoPro is running. Get yeah, wet. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can like get out to eat, use a bathroom, do whatever else you want. You just can't get out to to make no. your boat, you know, to access the backwater. Correct. Exactly. You can't you can't cross an obstacle. <laughs> so it's just really tricky now. Like it's totally different. I used to move like at Lacrosse or Dardanelle. I've moved as many as five or six times in a day. I just cranked up the Tacoma outboard loaded the kayak yeah. back up and drove to the next spot. But now I can't really do that anymore. Like the, the, for example, the Bassmaster kayak series championship, you know, Russ won that. And I was fishing, sharing an area with him and lost a couple of big ones at the very end of the day that it probably would have put me right there with him. And, but I didn't get five. I only had four and I knew a, a spot I could have pulled out and drove, drove right to and put in a, a, like a little bridge where, you know, kayakers put in all the time and just put in right there and caught fish right there. But now I can't do that. So I, I couldn't get there through a, like a shallow mud flat in the lake. It was so shallow. I couldn't get there. Even though it was running water, it was all connected. I couldn't get to that, that bridge. So it totally changes your strategy. You have to like now, like Ryan said, it's going to be more of a, I'm more agreeing with him probably doing what he does now. Like basically it's like you have one other ramp in the back of your mind that you're going to pick your A spot and then you have a B and C plan as well. But you really, you want like this, you know, primary area that you want to target, but with this, with a torpedo, knowing you can, I can zip 6.2 miles an hour. So I can still kill, it might kill like, you know, half an hour or even 45 minutes. But if I know I've got another area with good fish, then I'm going to zip over there and run to that spot. You know what I mean? Just kind of work everything off of my primary area with the torpedo as my new outboard, right? Instead of the Tacoma. Worst case, yeah, you want to have a backup, a backup spot where you load your kayak back up and you relaunch. But the problem with that now, with the new rules, is if there's only five, six, ten, whatever, uh, twenty launches, and you got two hundred and something folks in a tournament, and they're all fishing in general within three, four miles of the ramp, I don't feel like moving to another ramp in the middle of the day when I know twenty people just launched at that ramp and they're already milking everything that they that is good in a two, three, four mile radius from that ramp. It's like. I, I really do not want to have to be in that situation to move and do that. So I want to use that torpedo just to find good spots off my primary area, the spoken hub sort of thing. If you want to use a pangrack uh, example, a panger example, there, a spoke hub theory. Did they, uh, did they change the rule on that because of the state police reporting the Tacoma outboard, you know, <laughs> screaming down the highway, throwing rooster tails. Cause like, you know, when I, when, when I crank up my outboard, Pete, it's wide open. And I don't, I don't know if you want to go wide open in a Tacoma down the highway. That's good. I've got a couple speeding tickets during fishing tournaments, uh, with that same <laughs> methodology. I, I believe. Yeah. Like, like, how do you drive when the timer's going on in your head? Like if you're going real fast, the... <laughs> right? Well, even, yeah. I mean, even now being able to move ramps, I'm sure and people still move ramps today. And I'm sure, you know, just like general driving. I mean, I guess if you don't get caught, you, you know, I don't know if that's a tournament rule or not, man. Is that a tournament rule? If you're, if you're I, I haven't seen it yet. I've still I've got the ticket it. for Marshall County, <laughs> Kentucky sitting over there on the desk. If they what, change what, that rule, what, it's going to be. Where'd you get caught? Like, were you doing a hundred? What were you doing? Uh, like 72 and a 35. 
<laughs> That'll do it. Let's go yep, do a no got, zone. You're going got to me the on that one. What happened? They come up to the, the the window and you're just like, dude, just write me the ticket as fast as you can. I got. <laughs> well, me and this guy, we were fishing a school on Kentucky Lake, and we had a certain allotted amount of time. It was in one of the Hobie tournaments to get back to weigh in. And I knew that I would have to, you know, move pretty good to get there. So he passes me, like, as I'm pulled over. And I was actually in the top 10 in check range. <laughs> and he's, he's laughing and, and texts me on his way. Uh, I, was, I was three minutes late on that one. Uh, oh. Thanks to the good officer for doing his job, though, keeping the streets oh. safe out there. Man. Plus, wasn't Gerald you... Swindle the one who got a disqualified? Wasn't it G-Man who uh, went a little too fast, blew by somebody in a no-wake yeah. zone? He sure did. was how. So, Anyway, if that yeah. rule, if there, if there's a rule, Ryan, we'll have to uh, name it after you. If it's a, it, it'll be uh, there. Don't worry. It'll, it'll be rule. after this. After this episode makes its rounds by this afternoon, there will be a rule in place. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that's a two hundred fifty dollar ticket minimum. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. Cheap. Ho hopefully not. Hopefully he'll go easy on easy on you. So the, I want to like understand this so the rules are now you you pick a launch ramp and that's your launch ramp for the day uh no the tournament so if if there's 60 public access points on a lake uh whatever tournament organization it is will pick say 15 or 20 out of those okay and those are legal launches and and the idea behind that was to kind of take some of the question out of what was legal and what wasn't because you know there's a lot of uh, kind of arbitrary. It, it was this public access or was it not? And, you know, we don't have like marshals or anything that, that are with you. You know, a lot of, a lot of kayak fishing is still on the honor system. There's not, <laughs> there's not a lot of times where you'll encounter five or 10 people on the water, uh, in a day. So there, I think the idea behind that was just to take out some of the, some of the guesswork and at least everybody's launching together on the lake where they go from there is, is, you know, up to uh to the rule standard there we we hope they are at least we still don't have yeah, any yeah, hopefully no one's checking, no one's checking <laughs> hopefully, us again in. there's Honestly, no oversight we, on we any of that don't really even know actually right now but it's like you said ryan it's honor system like golf you know but a lot of times in golf you do have to call things on yourself but at least you got your competitors over there that could see you as well so but we don't even have that not even in the bass boat world you know other than the elites and mlf you got marshals but once you get to the lower triple a's and stuff so, some of those levels obviously you got co-anglers but you know, there's times where I, I think Ike's even talked about, I've heard him say, like, they didn't even, you know, he didn't have a marshal and they didn't check his footage or his camera or something. At every level, there's a way to cheat in these tournaments. So certainly honor. For sure. Honor Citrus. And Jody, big. we didn't hear your strategy. What What's your strategy? Yeah, on, uh, that was on purpose. I was trying to get, you know, I was trying not to give you guys my strategy. I mean, we got <laughs> <laughs> I, I want this strategy. part. I want this part. This is what I came I mean, for. It's, it's fairly simple. It's, you know, you just, I think one of the things that I do uh, before every tournament is I use Google Earth. You know, I'll pull up and I'll try to find the geographical features that I that might hold fish. And I try to get those, you know, areas and, and as many of those types of, <clears throat> excuse me, fish holding areas in one area that I know that I can cover. Like, uh, I like to find an area that's got a decent size cut in it with a creek running in. Uh, I'll find secondary uh, points, uh, brush piles, whatever I can find in, in a compact area. And even if that area doesn't work out for me, I can eliminate it quickly and I can move on to another area. Also, what it does is 
if I find fish on brush piles in that area, then I can try to recreate that other other places. If I find them off of, off of points, then I can recreate that somewhere else on the lake, channel swings and stuff like that. But uh, it's mostly just eliminating water. I mean, if you can get out and find, find a spot that uh, you think in your mind that should hold fish and you can go eliminate it, then once that's off your plate, then you can move to another ramp and go somewhere else. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, variables that go into it. I mean, it could be time of year. I want to be on flats during the spring. You know, I want to be uh, bumping chatterbaits and spinnerbaits off of uh, uh, logs on flats. I want to, you know, as the summer wears on, I'm going to move a little bit deeper. But I'm a big fan of shallow water, too. And you will be surprised, even in – I've caught so many big bass in shallow water, and the water's pushing 90 degrees. You wouldn't think that both bass would be in there. But what they do is they just find those safe places, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know under a big log and uh, tuck back under a bank, or and you really have to tighten up your game up when it gets like that. But yeah. it's just going out and eliminating that water. And uh, pretty much the best way that I found to do it is just get out there and hit it. You know, find yeah. find you a spot on Google Earth and say, okay, I'm going to get this area now, and and you go and you you eliminate it. Yep. The importance of eliminating water is, I think, is one of the most important things that we do. And kayak fishing, I mean, the boat fishermen do it also, but with kayaks, it's a little bit different because we can't just pull up and go to that next creek arm, you know. Right. Or, yeah, so so we try to find those areas that, that we know that we can cover in a few hours. Like Ryan said, he, he likes to give himself a set time. I pretty much do the same thing. But I don't have nothing in, you know, if you get in an area, if you don't have nothing in a couple, three hours, you pretty much have eliminated that water and you need to move on, you know, and that's not saying that fish can't move in there after you leave there, but uh, those are chances that you have to take. And you just, you know, if you waste too much time in one area, it can hurt you in the, in the long run. So get out there and just eliminate that water. I think, Man, you know, it's a lot like we do in the grass fishing yeah. rays. Like we like to, like Schmidt talks about finding a home, yep. you know, finding that's an area home. that he can yeah. just live. Uh, right. all day and and we all want that in oh, our yeah. fishing but man yeah. you have to have that 100 yeah. in, yeah. in, in in the kayak world uh yeah. let me ask you this do you like we have um famously like uh the brothers that um that work together and share money uh and and revenue uh, the johnson yeah the johnson brothers mm -hmm. um a lot of a lot of groups like there's a couple they room together they share intel do you do you guys have that do you uh do you guys work with uh, anybody or purposefully stay by yourself no i mean personally i mean i can say that i don't have any group of people that we share money with at all because the information pretty much flows free you know uh that's one thing about the kayak world i mean we're not real real secretive some of us are but uh I pretty much share. I've, you know, if, if it's allowed, I'll share baits on the water with them as a kayaker. It's, a, you know, it's it's a, and I'm going to do that until it hurts me. And and you know, so far it's been pretty good. Uh, I just wait like a minute. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't <laughs> sound right. Are we all as fishermen? We are responsible for lying to each other and misleading <laughs> each other. That's an important component of the sport. Yeah. Well, here's yeah, that's why I tricked there. you guys. White shows up the worst. That's why I tricked you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, there, if there's I, plenty of that that goes on too, Pete. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm in a tournament and it's uh, I'm on day two and I'm, 
you know, and uh, I've been catching fish and, and I'm, I'm out there watching somebody struggle and they still got to catch the fish. Even if you hand them a bait or tell them what you're using or, or you're doing something that's catching the fish that a lot of people aren't doing. So, I mean, they, there's a lot of variables for them, even if you give them a bait or describe to them what you're doing. Uh, now, some people take to it quicker than others, you know, uh, but so far it really just hasn't hurt me that much. You know, uh, I've been pretty fortunate in that if I find fish and it, if I share information with some, someone, I haven't really been hurt by it. Uh, Drew, Drew, what's your plan there? Do you, do you work with anybody? You fly solo? How's that go? I just go solo. I mean, I, I literally just enjoy that part of it. You know what I mean? I enjoy the, the puzzle and trying to figure out on my own and, you know, I've been doing this quite a while. I mean, fished all over the country, done, done a lot of stuff, hosted a show and just traveled. So I'm familiar with all over the country. And I think that's part of what's helped me succeed on a national level. Cause I can roll over to grand Lake and win on largemouth in the lake and then run up to, you know, Lewis Smith Lake and win with Alabama bass formerly known as spotted bass. But anyway, um, and then up to, uh, don't get me started on that topic, but uh, up to Champlain and win with smallmouth. And it's, I'm comfortable with every one of them, every species. So I, but I just feel like, and it does, I don't know, man, everybody you have on here, whether, you know, Ryan and Jody and I, I mean, I feel like the majority of time, it's more like what Jody's saying. We're, we're probably going to help more other, other people out more than they're going to help us. You see what I'm saying? We've been doing this so long. We're familiar with all the fisheries. We kind of know what we're doing and proving that with results. So I just stick to myself because I just enjoy it, and I just feel like that's that's kind of the game. But Ryan's kind of a good transition up to Ryan. You're you're definitely in the you know in the scene more, and you may know if there are clicks and people that are just share. And I have no problem if anybody does that because it's legal. If it's legal, I don't have a problem with it. But you know more than than Jody and I probably do on who's doing that or if anybody is doing that. And you know, I mean, I definitely think that that it that it happens. You know, I, I think you have people that travel together or. You know, I, as a matter of fact, you know, when we had uh, the Susky event, Nolan, Nolan was pretty forthcoming right. with, Hey, you know, like he and his brother went one and two on the Susky and he's like, yeah, I put him on, you know, I put him on the, the bait and it was, you know, just some off the wall, little, <laughs> little bug looking bait. And he's like, Oh yeah. He's like, I put him on the bait and that's, you know, that's how this happened. But again, it's not against the rules. There's not anything illegal about it. Me personally, I like to fish by myself, pre-fish by myself. I, number one, I don't like sharing fish on tournament day. Like I don't want to get in a situation to where me and my buddy, no matter how much I like you, I don't want to split a hundred inch limit with you. That's not, that's not really on my to-do list uh, when it comes down to, to check time. But number two, the BS, like I don't want, I don't want, you know, there's, there's so much politics <laughs> in this game now. I would much rather just sit out there by myself and, uh, you know, be in my own thoughts. But if I come up, especially on a new angler on the water and they're having trouble catching fish and I'm on a good pad, I did this at Kentucky Lake a couple weeks ago. This guy, he, you know, he caught one fish. I'm like, Hey, you know, take this bait, go to that point. There's a school sitting right there, you know, go catch as many 15s as you want to. Like, right. I think I, th I don't want us to lose that part of our sport because I think that is something that's very unique. Uh, it's not super cutthroat for the most part. Most of us all travel, you know, together to all these tournaments. While it might be a dysfunctional family, it's a big family, and, and you want to yeah. you want to help each other out as much as you can. So I don't I don't want us to lose that in kayak fishing. You know, plus in kayak fishing, I mean, there's a uh, some of that camaraderie is born out of watching each other's back because kayaks are a little little more dangerous. 
than than the big boats sometimes. I mean, I mean, if somebody capsizes or or uh, you know gets hung up somewhere or can't get back to to their launch or something like that, we all kind of watch out for for those other anglers, and it's it's kind of built a, a little bit of a a, a little closer uh, family there. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. just one of the unique things about kayak fishing. You just got to watch out for each other. Man, that's great. I, and I've heard that uh, from the kayak group. It just is is a bigger. Uh, it's more social. It, it's yeah. it's a, a little bit more open yeah, than 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 we see. When I fell in on the Chesapeake, nobody came to my rescue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, good. Yeah, they were like, good. Let's let's fish in the boat for that guy. Right. Yeah. But, I think we were on Pickwick when that happened because somebody sent me the clip and they're like, "You're not going to believe this." <laughs> uh, uh, beautiful. That's, uh, Dude, I got a goose attack in a video that went it went viral. You guys may have seen yeah. it where you know I got knocked out of the water with the kayak. So you yeah. and I, man, between our viral videos, I'm telling you, man, we uh next next Jody and Ryan, you guys gotta get with it, man. You gotta make something happen with that bass watch <laughs> over there. That yeah. something, man. We got, we got, we, they got to step it up, don't they? We, we yeah, got, we got up. this thing under control. Well, we, we, we sent out a request. We got tons of feedback. We wanted to see some pics from our Bashu family that are, that are kayak guys. Uh, people love it. I know we've got a lot of people on IM and on social. Uh, Justin, what do you got? Yeah. So William wants to know, do you guys use the same rods on a boat than on your kayak or are you using like shorter handled rods? Like I know Kasha makes a kayak series. The CK but, series. Yeah. Uh, what what do you Drew and Ryan? What do you guys use? Or, or Jody, do you use that kayak series rod? Oh, ahead, absolutely. Uh, I, I use the the kayak series rods in, in certain rods. Now, there's some sometimes when if I'm fishing he, uh, heavy uh, lily pads or something like that, then I need that extra hooked up over my arm and, and yank them things out of there. I'll I'll use a different casting rod, a little bit longer, heavier, or whatever. But but the the kayak series is, is you know that. One thing they have is, and I was a part of this, uh, is the chattergrass rod, and that rod is probably one of the most unique rods that that they've uh, that they've allowed us to to uh, collaborate on. That rod is just it's a it's a different beast when you're fishing heavy grass with chatterbait, and so uh, and it, it's part of the kayak series, and it's not available in in the uh, the Icon or the John Cruz, but. Uh, and the uh, the worm and jig rods, which are weighted just like our regular boat rods are, uh, you know, all that is a it's a situation you're in a lot of times of what rod you're using. But but half of my rods are, are the kayak series, and the other half are regular regular length and weighted rods. All right, uh, let's go to you, Ryan. You, do you cut? Do you have custom uh, stuff? Do you uh, what are you using? Nope. I just use, I use the same old, I, I mean, I like the leverage. I like the leverage of the, the longer handles. So I use the same rods in my kayak as I do my bass boat and I'll just switch back and forth and hopefully not, not forget some in the boat. Yeah. I mean, it's the same rods for me, but I'm just always switching based on the fishery, based on the length of cast I'm going to be making. And because again, I'm going to tight places sometimes. So usually most of the rods on my kayak will be the same length unless you have a specialty rod like let's say for uh you know punching or something like that you know real specialty technique because again i'm throwing raw baits that can be used on the exact same rod you know you can throw a spinner bait on the same rod you throw a chatter bait and uh a swim bait stuff like that but generally 
I will have either it's all going to be, you know, most of them will be six foot seven, like three or four little six foot sevens for a tight, tight little small creek where you got branches everywhere and it's hard to make casts. Or it'll be seven foot one. Gets me pretty good accuracy, but a little bit more distance. Or I'll be in a b- bigger, wider situation like the Susquehanna. It might be seven foot three or even seven foot six, just launching, you know, a chopo across, you know, way across the river in that clear water, needing that long cast. Because I can either cast really far to hit that that rock or that log I want to hit and cover all that water or paddle, take the time to paddle or motor over there to get closer to it. And that's taking up time. You see what I'm saying? So the longer yeah. rod in those situations is, is advantageous. But then of course you got all your specialty stuff that you might have to bring a seven, four heavy for frogging or whatever, but um, it's the same, same rod, but it just adjusts it, by location. I think it's an interesting strategy. I know GDP um, um, was talking about, I mean, he's using the same rods he uses in bass fishing, but he adjusts the power De, depending on the technique so that he can apply the pressure that he needs to uh, when he, when he's in the kayak. Uh, yeah. You know, he can downgrade the power a little bit sometimes when he's in his bass boat. Right. Uh, so that's that's the adjustment. It's that he different. Makes. You have that's to think point. about it in that respect yep. because when you're fighting a fish in a kayak, you're pulling yourself to the fish Do just it. as much right. as you are the fish to you. In a bass boat, it's it's all one sided, right? So you have to keep right. that in mind and your leverage point. If you're seated in a kayak, your leverage point is completely different on what you have on that fish. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm fishing like the the Susquehanna that Drew mentioned earlier, there, I mean. I like a longer rod because I'm usually fishing upstream with the current running into me. Like Ryan said, you know, you've got you got motion both ways there. You got a bait coming towards you, you got your boat going toward the bait, and yeah. it's not a longer sweep, then you're yeah. gonna take up that slack uh, a lot quicker, you know. And I use I use uh, uh, really high ge- low geared uh, reels to try to take up that, you know. I mean, there's in a kayak, you got to take all those uh, variables into consideration. Yeah. yeah, you know what else I, helps? What's Straight that? Braid. No stretch. <laughs> exactly. Going back to Cortland. There you go. That's, that's the reason yep. I use, it's one of the reasons I use the straight braid too. Yep. But uh but you can't crow hop back like and keep walking back on the deck of your bass boat like mm-hmm. you know, like Ike or or who's like Chris Lane. Think about your epic hook yeah. setters, you know what I mean? Like you just don't have that. So you gotta eliminate all that. And like you said, like GDP said, you almost want to go up a power, you know what I mean? Like find mm-hmm. a medium heavy that feels more like a heavy than it does a medium if you're gonna you know, find a rod that kind of has that feel. I wouldn't say go to a heavy per se, yeah. throwing a chatterbait or something, but you definitely want to be on the air on the side of heavier than, than yeah. medium for these things. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. That boat moving toward the fish, especially a small mouth. Oh my gosh. You, you've yeah. got to be prepared for that situation. It could go bad. Yeah. If you're throwing a, yeah, if you're throwing a chatterbait, I mean, they, they tend to hit it and run towards you anyway. Yeah. Right. Know? Especially if you're in a river situation. So there's a lot to make up there. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of it has to do with angles. Like, uh, I'll try if I'm in a good area and I've got current and all that. I'll try to get myself in, in an angle to where I know that I can take some of those variables out. Also, so yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. Guys, if you're if, if you're watching uh, and you're a kayak angler, get get involved with Bashu.tv. Get subscribed. We've got a great deal going on right now. Bashu.tv backslash kayak. That's going to put you on our kayak landing page. And that you're going to get an annual subscriber gets a custom Bash University kayak hat. Uh, we've got a Z-Man chatterbait in that lure pack, a Rapala, uh DT16, VMC, a big bite bait. 
We've got a great tackle pack for you guys included with that custom uh, Kayak Bash University hat. So get, guys, get over there and get signed up. By the way, uh, we're, we, we launched this week with these three guys. We have a lot more content from these three as well as GDP. Ike's going to be on there and all the other great kayak uh, professional anglers out there. Is all it's going to be weekly releases at bashy.tv. So get involved, go check it out. And Jocelyn, we got some people who are in the IM board. Well, this is kind of like a, a loaded question. Sorry. But we have some subscribers that are young. We have um, Daniel, who's 14, and he encourages like young youth to get into tournament fishing. But one of the main questions that I've been seeing is what is the necessities that you need for kayak fishing? For a young angler get involved with kayak, what would be the top things to keep in your kayak to start? Let's go around the horn. We're starting at you, Ryan, because you're at the top of our page. Uh, I think, you know, you don't have to have the the fanciest, most expensive kayak. You don't have to have a Hobie or an Old Town or even a pedal drive. You know, I, I highly recommend get on Craigslist, find a good, you know, reputable brand, get a good paddle that's going to make your day a lot more comfortable a PFD, you definitely want to have a PFD, and you can have just a couple small Plano boxes, some soft plastics, and two rods, and and go have you know a great time on the water. That's great. Get yourself out there, get on the water. That's a man. That's a very affordable, reasonable way to go about it. We see that in the high school and the college programs. Kids graduate from those, um, and man, they can jump right. They can get on the water this way where it may be several years away from being able to, you know, get into a bass boat. And it's, it's, it's interesting and a lot of fun. What, what do you think, Drew? What's your, what's your top picks for a guy just getting started? Yeah. I mean, you know, Ryan covered a lot of the good ones there. I mean, obviously PFD in our sport, you have to have them on when you're fishing a tournament and it's, you know, we always encourage people to have it on anyway. So I would definitely reiterate that point. Um, cause safety is, you know, pro- you know, first and foremost, you know, Pete, you can even fall out on a bass boat. I mean, yeah, it can happen <laughs> anywhere. So, um, rivers and creeks and places I fish, that's super critical. You know, I've got a Stolquist PFD with lots of pockets on it. I'll keep a knife in there, you know, in case something happens, you might, you never know when you might need to get that to, to get yourself out of a, a bad situation. So, um, and it keeps other things on there, like your phone for tournaments and stuff like that. So a good PFD with some pockets is good, but moving on to something else, I would just say like, Keep it simple if you're first getting started, too, especially these younger uh, folks who are asking this question. Don't worry about carrying, you know, you see a lot of these kayak pros carrying 10 and 15 rods. I mean, man, I, I lo- love to go out there with two and three rods. I mean, you know, I know even bass boat guys want to have just with two rods on their deck because that means they are dialed. They got it figured out, right? right? So keep it like use the kayak for what it's best at. And what it's best at, the biggest differentiator between it and a bass boat really is those little ponds and small lakes and backwaters and, and rivers and creeks. So start there uh, because you're going to get a lot more feedback, a lot more bites, a lot more feedback and learn the kayak and whatnot. So just, I would just recommend keeping it simple with less is more. And that's where the Z-Man elastic plastic comes in handy for me. I know we're all Z-Man guys, so it's kind of perfect here, but uh, you don't have to carry as much plastic. So I have something called a, a Yak Attack black pack. It's a little crate that's behind me works really good for carrying your boxes and your z-man plastics and you just load that one crate in your tank well behind your seat there and your gears in there and um you just have to take less when that z-man uh, elastic plastic lasts all day long so get you just a couple bags of the right stuff and, and don't feel like you got to learn all the t- tip all the tactics you see the pros using 
they are like there's we don't have enough time on the water like they do to learn every one of those and know when to apply them and use them and in my theory the way i teach people is like you just need a bait that can hit the surface you know of the water column a bait that kind of gets mid-range and one that'll get to the bottom and we'd be crazy and fooling ourselves sometimes we, we almost overcomplicate this stuff it's like the baits are so good these days not many companies are making a bait that's just so bad that the fish are going to ignore it as long as you're hooking it right you know the presentation is correct then you get it down there so so just try to keep it simple to begin with you know that's what i would say to that young person great advice top middle and bottom uh what a, what a great piece of device for a new person how about you jody yeah i mean they i mean that pretty much covers it most of it the only thing i might might add is you know especially if you're fishing in uh windy conditions i mean kayaks are notorious for being blown around in the wind so you might want to come up with a a, a simple anchor system it can just be a rope with a, a dumbbell flopped over the side you, you got to be careful if you're anchoring in current i don't recommend anybody anchoring in any kind of heavy current but uh but yeah just some kind of anchor system they make a, a river stick you know that you can go down through the scupper or your hole that you can just you know some way to uh stabilize your boat and keep it in one area sometimes is good if you're in windy conditions uh, other than that, just take something to, to keep you hydrated and a, and a small first aid kit, you know, something that you get hooks yeah. in your fingers or whatever, uh, <laughs> something like that. But other than that, it's just, you know, like, like I said, the fewest rods, you know, if you're a beginner, I mean, two rods, three rods that, you know, or, or if you're okay with just tying, you know, just, well, they're not hitting on the bottom, I'll and just take one rod. Yeah. Uh, and, what about a and, flag? Yeah, and a flag. Busy, yeah, yeah. busy carbon yeah. is what it's called flag. from Yakutak yeah, yeah, safety flag. Yeah, on lakes or something like that. Yeah. You know, Yakutak makes the busy carbon flags. Uh, they, uh, they're really, really, really. And then if you're fishing pre uh, pre daylight, you're going to need a 360 light uh, in most instances, and that's also part of the busy carbon flag. Uh, yeah. But other than that, you know, it's, you just keep it simple. Go light. Uh, the places you can go in these kayaks are, are amazing. I mean, if you get in these small creeks and stuff like that, you just don't need a whole lot. You know, I would recommend that you have some sort of uh, staging for your rods. If you're going to take more than one, um, maybe, a, a you know, a Yakutak OmniPro uh, uh, rod holder or something to keep your rod tips down out of the trees. You know, if you're in those situations that uh, you got a lot of overhanging brush or trees. Uh, that, that can be a safety issue, too. I've, I've been in situations where I've seen... Uh, people get uh, uh, the rods tangled in limbs and it's, it's actually capsized them. So, I, you know, if you're in those situations, you, you just keep your rod tips low until you learn the waters and learn what you're doing out there uh, and know where to go with, with your rods sticking up. But most of the time on the lake, I'll, I'll leave mine sticking up, but almost always on rivers and streams, you want everything inside the boat. Because mm. uh, anything that, grab, that grabs and you're in current, it, it's going to, it's going to upset the balance of your boat. What yeah. do you do with a bass squatch when you're in those river situations, Jody? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to have, that's I, a big compartment. I'm not to make him mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, sunglasses too, by the way. I was going to mention that one. Yeah. Sunglasses. Put some sunglasses on that uh, bass squatch. He needs some polarized, some good polarized. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, work yeah. with, with with Hobie eyewear. I, I use Smith's, yeah. but either one of those, just, just find a good pair of sunglasses. If you're going to fish right. this, shallow water stuff man i don't know how people fish without a good pair of polarized sunglasses yeah. if they're a shallow water angler specifically and you're you're really seeing not just fish but you know 
depth changes or structure that's under the water that other anglers may not be able to see. So, And a tow rope. I mean, something, a, a, a nice piece of rope that you can put on the front of your kayak and wrap it around your waist and get out shallow and wade, get in the water if you want to. But it also works if you're pulling up to a bank and you want to tie off to something. Uh, always keep that a piece of good good rope with you because it, it can come in handy for other things. Too. And I'm going to send it to Jocelyn for another IM question, but yeah, are you, but I want to ask this because you brought up a rope. Are you are you tethered to the kayak? Is that something that's part of uh, safety for you guys? Uh, if, if, if we're in, no, I mean, uh, if we're in the rivers or something like that, and they allow weight weight fishing in the tournament, uh, I'll I'll tether myself yeah. and drag the kayak. But other than that, no, we're not tethered to the kayak at all. I got you. I'm just curious about the you know getting just separated from your kayak in a current situation could be. Uh, kind of a precarious scenario you don't want that to happen but a lot of the river tournaments that'll be written into the rules as you have to be tethered to your kayak okay you're gonna be waiting but you don't want to be sitting fishing in your kayak tethered to it really that's kind of dangerous actually (laughs) because if you fall out and you are in swift current and your boat gets sucked one way and it's trying to pull you you know you you gotta so you don't want to tether unless you're shallow low low water and waiting yep I, i i get that there's and you're wearing your pfd so uh you, you've thought you've thought through this process jocelyn what do you got we, we had some people saying like keep the phone on a leash and and make sure you keep your phone safe because i guess with kayak tournaments you have to take pictures of your fish on a measuring board what are some recommendations you have to keep your phone in your kayak <laughs> Rogue. huge it's a huge one there i mean i use a tether i use one called uh it's quad lock is the case i have quad lock and you can move that case to different things but they have a little tether and a ring that that clips in the back of my phone i put it in my pocket of my life jacket and if i drop it it could you know it's not gonna fall in the water so it's safe but other people may have other life jackets for their phones or whatever but yeah rope rope fishing makes one uh that you can use uh to tether your phone with and and a good waterproof case you know there's several of those out there but yeah and try not to just use a tether i like to use the the uh uh, what do they call them? They're like a phone cord. Uh, those because you can reach around. If I keep my phone down by my side in a, in a pocket here, then I can reach around and then it just goes back and it doesn't get in the way of other, other things. But yeah, tether is. And the shorter you can use it, the better because if you drop it and it still goes in the water, then it's, you know. Pete, you if I keep get mine in the in tether. the dry hatch of the Hobie, I'll just yeah. take it out, take the picture, put it right back in the in the center hatch. That yeah. I don't I don't keep my phone out on the deck because I, I feel like even with a tether, I'm going to do something clumsy and that'd be it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely need to be tethered, you need, you need tethered. anchored just somehow. A uh, life jacket and a tether. You're like a harness, you know. Got to. Yeah, yeah. Jocelyn says I need to wear swimmies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on each arm. Now I'm thinking you need a, a like a waterproof peat case. It's a full waterproof. Uh, let me let me, the the phone, uh, the measuring and the 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 picture taking. I everybody that I've talked to has an epic fail, like <laughs> five pounders slipped out of my grip. Man, what, tell me yours. Let's start with you, Jody. Give me your epic fail where you maybe would have won the tournament. I had a uh, – my epic fail wasn't actually during the measuring. It was – I was using a unproven uh, 
fish grip that, you know, we have fish grips that, that hold the fish and we drop them over the side and they kind of calm down before you measure them. You know, if you leave them in the water, you get all your stuff ready, then you pull the fish out and you measure it. And I was using a, a new one that I'd never tried before and it, it was my personal best. And I was in a, in a local tournament. Oh my God. Uh, it, was my, it was like an eight pound West Virginia Northern strain largemouth, And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I dropped it over the side. And then when I went to pick him up, he was just like, Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that, that was one of my worst ones. That was Basquatch, dude. You didn't know Basquatch. <laughs> That's a, just, right. It was Basquatch. The, He's the little devil, devil squirrel on his shoulders. Like telling him like, yeah. Break that fish away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's yours, Drew? Oh, man, I've never really, you know, fortunately never during tournament had anything like that happen. I think one flopped off the board real quick. Uh, it was like not going to help or anything. I didn't think it was going to help. So my my thing is, so I designed a boat, the Crescent Kayak Sholey, and I built this this recess for the measuring board into the kayak right in front of where you sit. So it's cool because there's no fumbling around. There's no time needed. I, I just get the fish, take it off the, you know, unhook it and put it on the board and then my phone's right here in my pocket my life jacket and just take the photo and boom done like fast quick and easy um so i've never fortunately never have lost one like that but i know a lot of people have and, and it's you know it's, i don't know it's, it's part of the game but once you it happens once and you kind of understand how to measure them i'll give you a real good tip here this is bash use so we're gonna spill the juice when you get a fish in the boat keep them like you know you can put your legs over it put them underneath where your legs are or something and I paddle to the bank if I'm close to the bank. If you're obviously in the open water, you can't do this. But I go to the bank and make the left side of your kayak up against the bank. So you're parallel with the bank and shove with your paddle, shove the left side of your kayak just up, you know, up on the bank a little bit and then sit back down with your, you know, lift up with your, your butt cheek a little bit and then sit back down so it holds there on the bank. And here's what's going to happen. The fish are always going to flop to the left out of your boat because their heads have to face to the left. And that's the direction that they're, they're you know, they're going to go because their tails on the other side, they're going left, which is why some people put a net there for open water or some, something like that on the side, like a sidewall net. They flop, they're going that way and they go into the net. But if you can go to the bank, that way it never happens. And uh, take a safety first with your hand on the fish, push them down real hard. And don't worry about what the length is for that first photo. Just get it a, a documentation of that <laughs> fish. And then maybe after that first photo, you can work the tail a little bit and see if you can get it to show that it's a little bit longer. So those are my tips. Good tips. Good tips. Ryan, have you, uh, have you dunked one? I, I, I haven't dunked one, but when you're, when you're doing catch photo release, there's a lot of other variables that come with that. Uh, and this last tournament on Kentucky Lake, I was bit by a new one. Uh, I had fished day one, had a pretty decent limit. I was in the top 10 going into day two. I had my timed out game plan, <laughs> in my head so i go through and catch a pretty good limit day two i was in like sixth and i'm like okay i'm gonna move and roll the dice and go for a big fish spot well one of those fish that i caught at my a spot was the same 17 some odd inch fish that i caught on day one well i didn't i mean i didn't know that i didn't analyze the <laughs> the fish on the water but that's another thing you have to look out for is catching the same fish twice because it's a it's an automatic dq of that fish so you can't catch the same fish what? two times that's... in a row so my fish didn't get away but it got away from my stringer and cost me a check wow so that's yeah, what's well, interesting because major league <laughs> fishing you know they when they were doing mm -hmm. every fish counts they even still I think they allow for you to catch the yeah. same fish 
uh, over and over if you're right. able. But and I, I, didn't, I didn't think about it, you know, like in in, uh, in day one, like I completely understand if you've submitted the same fish two or three times. Day two, it didn't even it didn't register to me at all uh, until I got that text message. <laughs> and I was like, mm, all right, well. Yeah. I've got another tip for you. Uh, this, this works really well for me. If you've got an unruly fish, we all know how unruly smallmouth are, and, and hardly anything works on them. But uh, a lot of times, if you have a really unruly fish, if you if you tilt your board, yeah. and they, they'll, they'll calm down. Something about the gravity pushing against them, their nose, I don't know what it is, but they will calm down a lot of times long enough for you to take, take a picture of them if you tilt the end mm. of your board. So if you have a really unruly one, that that seems to work really well. You can, if you yell at them too, if you yell, <laughs> yeah. that's you know, just, that yeah, usually yeah. helps. Is that what I tell you? Just, 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 just calm down. Yeah. 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 Just scream. Yeah. 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 Never give up. <laughs> <laughs> they just calm down. They just calm down. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe hollering at them works. I don't think that's yeah. the thing. But I, but I do I do love that tip because yeah. we we got a you know our big problem. Well, famously Jim Bitter uh in the classic uh, you know was met was he thought he had a keeper the the writer in his boat said you better measure that fish so he measured it on the deck of his boat it was 12 inches it flipped out of his hand went right back into the james river and he lost the classic he finished second and oh, and that wow. that would have won it for him but i i but i might kick that writer in the head <laughs> uh, the, the the point like we when you get a small fish and you're in a hurry you're on and, and we're trying to measure them man they're just they just won't relax they won't yeah i'm gonna try that tilting of the board try, uh, try to tilt I, it. yeah i've never i've never used that to pacify i gotta figure a crazy something fish. out for when i'm putting them on the on the beam on the on the hanger yeah mm -hmm. dude hey i mean like you, you'll get them on the hanger and they're just going ah. <laughs> it's impossible to get them to chill out yeah so yeah. I, did, I did a video uh on candlewood one time and during during the spawn when smallmouth are spawning they will literally fight and thrash until they kill themselves yeah so, you know i was uh on candlewood and i had one of those fish it was like a 19 or 20 inch smallmouth and it, it came off the nest and I, it just would not calm down it just would not do it and i i had it out of the water for a couple minutes and Finally, what I did was I just, I said, okay. I'm, and I just dropped it back over the side and I just let it sit there. I, you know, I just let it sit there for, you know, until it quit thrashing. And sometimes if you put them back in the water, they'll calm down a little bit. But those fish, they're just trying to get back to that nest. And mm -hmm. you be real careful with them when they're in, in that situation. Because, I mean, that fish, if I would have left it in, in my boat and let it flop around, it, it would have killed itself. It just wouldn't stop. And uh, right. so you got to think of the, of the mortality of the fish too. So, yeah, you know, drop it back over the side, let it calm down a little bit, you know, pull it back up and, and try to get your measurement after, after a second. I know it takes a little bit of time and you're in that fizz all the time trying to get that next cast in, but sometimes you got to think about the fish too. So. Yeah. Jody, after you released your personal best, that eight pounder, <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified just listening to you drop a fish back in, you know, well, I'm, I'm well, going to get rocks and all kinds of, you know, well, that was my fault uh, because I should have used the, what I was used to using the, the Rapala fish grips. They're, they're great. Uh, I've never had one fail. They got a little string on the back of them that you can 
Yeah. You know, it's a little pull tab and it it will cinch the handles down so it does that fish can't get off of there. And they work awesome. Rapala makes probably one of the best ones I've used. And I just for whatever reason I used something different that day to try it out. It was and it just it was the wrong day to do that. <laughs> the wrong fish <laughs> to do it with. But uh, it was a northern strain. My uh I've since beat that uh I, I got retribution on it, but uh Northern strains that you just don't catch eight pound northern strains that often. Now, what is your personal best? Now, uh, 11 4. Whoa, whoa, where'd yeah. that come from? I come out of uh Eagle Mountain Lake and uh, right outside of Fort Worth, Texas bass, Texas awesome. man. Uh, yes, you know, before, I've caught 11 2 out of a out of a lake in uh in, in Florida, and I got a 10 8 out of there also out of, a, out of another lake down there, but but. Man, Texas, their fisheries are just, they're amazing. Now, you're going to Possum Kingdom, dude. I, I know, you know, Matt Ball was down there a couple of years ago throwing a crankbait, and he said he had one he knows was, it was in it was a teener. You know, it was 13, 14 pounds. He said it was the biggest fish he ever saw. And it just, and of course, Matt, anything that can go wrong will go wrong with Matt, you know, but uh uh, he yeah, had some, yeah, there's some big ones for sure. There's I mean, Pendergraft won Possum Kingdom with like yeah. what 34, 35 pounds last time we were yeah. down there. I mean, just yeah. wrecked them, <laughs> wrecked yeah. them right in front of the boat but, ramp. <laughs> but but they're they're fit and Florida's catching on. I mean, they're starting to do uh, a lot more with their their fisheries. But man, the way Texas manages Texas. their fisheries is just amazing, and it's it's paying Sher off for them. You know, share lunker, share lunker, share lunker program. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing what they do down there. I've been I've been keep getting them uh, getting uh, these feeds coming through where these guys are releasing uh, their share lunkers because they donate them and they spawn right. these fish and then yeah. they they give them back so they can release them and they have release boats and they go back and and release these fish where they were caught and yeah. it's pretty awesome to see how healthy they are when they're getting released because yeah. man they're they're like going into a you know a five star hotel these right. uh these share yep <laughs> they're well fed they're they're incredibly uh healthy and when they when they're released it's pretty amazing yeah. what what's your what's your ryan and uh and drew what's your personal best from a kayak uh like eight seven on large mouth i don't catch big large mouth but that's that's seven pound small mouth Solid. behind me is my personal bet that's old tennessee river sweetheart Whew. there yeah baby that's a nice one that's a giant smallie mm -hmm. yeah you know i've only like weight i don't really know i know i've caught three well can't ever say i know but three i would say were over 10 but they were river fish river largemouth there's three of them um that were that big but the wow. um the length i know i know the um 25 and like a quarter is my longest so 25 and a quarter that's a giant fish oh yeah, yeah. real big smallmouth i do know my weight's five eight but it's a river smallmouth so yeah. that's a good one you know and in, in for the southeast so not getting those big you know giant footballs up in the great lakes and places like that well, that's awesome. Guys, man, it's been a blast. We're going to do this again. And uh, cool. I just want to i want to thank all three of you for being part of the program at Bash U. You know, it's its awesome. You guys are uh, super talented and gifted and excellent teachers, and we appreciate that. And that's all available right now over at BashU.tv backslash kayak. Get yourself subscribed and, and check it out. And we've got a lot of, lot of great stuff coming over in that world, guys. And uh, – and uh, I'm going to be talking to you a little bit later on tonight, Ryan. That's correct. Can't wait. Yeah. 
I can't wait either. So uh, tune, tune, tune into the podcast. People want to listen. How can they listen tonight? Uh, Kayak Bass Nation. Uh, it's, it's available on Kayak Bass Nation YouTube, Facebook. We stream to Twitter and Twitch now. And then it's available on all audio streaming platforms as well as of tomorrow. Excellent. Excellent. I can't wait. I get to be the guest. Which is uh, which is a nice uh, you know. We're gonna have fun event. with that, one, that. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> I can get already, get I can already see the, the the endless loops of me falling in the water. I already that's queued up. That's queued up already. Don't worry. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. Well, hey guys, thanks so much. Uh, best of luck the rest of the season, and uh, we look forward to having you guys back on the show sometime real soon. Thanks, man. Thank we appreciate you. you. The kayak boys. I think yes. that I think that should yes. be the this trio, right? <laughs> I think we just coined their their name, the kayak boys. Um, that was really really cool. Uh, it's a fascinating, uh, you know, part of the sport that's just growing and expanding. So many people love to enjoy the sport that way, and uh, and we appreciate you guys being part of Bash University. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be giving away some really cool stuff, and. Uh, and we'll be doing that right after this. What's going on? It's Riz here from the Bash University, and I am excited to welcome in Waterwood Custom Baits to the Bashu family. These are custom handmade baits in the south rainforest of Brazil. They're made of marupa pedra wood. It's extremely dense, it's resistant, but it's also really buoyant. They're made of quality components with a 100% guarantee they're made for tournament anglers to get it done when the money is on the line. Guys, that was like my second cast with this bait. That's a Waterwood custom bait. These things are handmade in the rainforest south of Brazil. And I mean, as you can see right here, it's a fish catching bait. It's got the front hook. That means they wanted it. This bait's uh, it, it's running really true. It throws really well. Guys, check them out at waterwoodcustombaits.com. underwater viewing technology. Find what you are looking for. Catch more fish. Have more fun. Aquaview. Seeing is believing. Why do you love catching fish and rods? I'm truly losing less fish. Is the sensitivity of the rod. That they're made right here in North Carolina in the USA. Strongest, lightest rod. 100% made here in Sanford, North Carolina. From the drop shot rod to the flipping stick. Every rod has a purpose to it, and I rely on them all the time when I'm out doing a tournament. Durability in the John Cruz Worming Series, the counterbalancing in the handle. It's the only rod I found that can withstand my hook set. Boom, goes the dynamite. 
on the water, not spent fishing, is a moment wasted. That's why Minkota and Humminbird have joined forces to bring you the One Boat Network. Products that communicate and integrate to help you take full command of your boat. Born from our commitment to making the most advanced fishing gear even better by making it work together. The One Boat Network will help you find, get to, stay on, and catch more fish. When One Boat Network products talk to each other, they can navigate your boat automatically. They can give you a crystal clear view of what's below with no messy wires. And they can let you lower, raise, and change shallow water anchor modes from anywhere on the boat. But that's just the beginning. We're never done innovating, integrating, and making your boat simpler and easier to control. All so you can make every second on the water count. Welcome back to Bash U Live, uh, the Kayak Boys edition. Uh, that was a lot of fun, man. Those guys, uh, it seems like a really social uh, way to compete, you know, which I really like. I've heard that before. A lot of the campgrounds get overwhelmed, and these guys, they uh, they know how to have fun, which is which is cool. And I really enjoyed uh, having them here. Check it out at BashU.TV. If this is your last chance, we've got a social like and share on Facebook. If you're watching over there, like it and share it. We're going to be giving away a cool prize, including some waterwood crankbaits. And uh, we have a grand prize. That we sure do. We have the Hobies. We're giving away the Hobies. They're called, I think they're called the Monarch Float ones. So I believe they're the mm. ones that float when you lose them, like you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we also have a red, white, and BU hat that will go along with them. All right. That's awesome. And um, and if you're a kayak guy, want to want to try Bash UTV, now's the time. It's it, we're la it's launch offer. We've got a great uh, annual um, discount going on. It's thirty three percent off an annual price, and we give you a, a custom Bash U kayak hat and uh, a Rapala lure, a Z Man chatterbait, a VMC um, Tokyo rig, and a Big Bite baits uh, pack. Along, it's a great tackle pack. But get over there and 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 watch the content that's available right now in our kayak division of Bash University and, and uh, weekly releases coming. And we we have a cool uh, trivia trivia question, Rich. Yeah. I'm going to throw it to you. Yeah, we did a little. We're going to do a little audible on that, Pete. Um, okay. Because we don't want to get any uh, warrants put out on anybody. <laughs> so the tri trivia question we're going to go with is uh, what is jody queen's personal best bass that he's caught out of a kayak and what lake did it come out of jody queen's personal best oh. and what lake did it come out of wow that happened fast he threw he threw around a lot of numbers i don't remember exactly um but yeah we were going to do something about uh uh ryan's speeding ticket but i guess <laughs> that, <laughs> i guess he thought better of that <laughs> I think you should go fight it. You never know. The judge might be a fisherman, you know? Dude. Hand him a Bashy subscription. He'll go. Dan, Allen. Yeah. Dan Allen is insane. Come on. He got it already? Already. Insane. How like, would he know that? I, Dan. He just. You're a savant. Have you really played Jeopardy? Attention. My gosh. That is amazing. We have. There's, there's, there's nobody else even close. All right. Not even any coming in. We got to get Dan on the show. Yeah, we really did. Dan we're, is we're, Dan, you're coming on the show. subscriber. Yes. We want to is it does he have, has he bugged the office? 
might have. Is that possible? He, he has. Damn. He said, "I take phone. notes." <laughs> are you are you with the CIA? What do you got going on over there, <laughs> Mister Allen? That's uh, that's, that's awesome. So funny. That's well, that's incredible. We gotta we gotta. I don't know how we're gonna trick this man. We've got to figure it out. Well, don't yeah. worry. I already have your address. I'll just send it with your other one. <laughs> man, what a great prize! Yeah. Um. Anyway. Guys, we're going to be back next week with another episode of Bash U. What's our What's our agenda for next week? Next week, we're uh, hoping to be talking to the winner from the Sabine. Um, and then the following week, we're going to be talking to Stephen Browning. Uh, oh, yeah. The versatility the Puma. of chatterbait fishing. And, uh, yeah. And if you guys are at the Sabine, go visit Rich and Justin. They'll yeah. be there. We'll be down there. Check the weather this morning. It's going to be. 90 and 100 percent humidity every day yes jocelyn if we can work out some kind of air conditioning unit to be installed in my booth that would be great <laughs> welcome <Good luck. laughs> welcome to south texas if you're right. if you're a bass subscriber make sure you, and you're coming to the elite event make sure you stop by and see the boys we got something for you mm-hmm. and it's uh you know it's great great time to sign up for bass one thing it's gonna be a bad weekend to be a crawfish there, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i already saw i think a few anglers were already eating some oh, yeah. fish. so oh, yeah yeah i've seen I've that been, that's the, scouting mm. doing map study oh, re- researching <laughs> where my where my next crawfish yeah, you're gonna have gonna to be. do a tutorial on how to properly <laughs> eat a crawfish yeah. He's gonna have to teach me, so. we, we, yeah. need, we need that social post justin so make sure <laughs> make sure you capture that justin do you like crawfish too yeah i, I think i will i haven't <laughs> really had them like you know i'll Rich did, like but, Richard immerses yeah, himself yeah. in in the cross, yeah. and I I like our new chatterbait design, the double bladed mm-hmm. Riz uh, <laughs> jackhammer. Yeah, um, that's gonna we gotta we gotta come out with that down this weekend, Pete. I only threw it for about thirty minutes. I, I dispute I that statement. That. I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's. I, got I don't. Footage. I don't. I, I want to review the footage because I, I don't think I that's it, possible. I threw it for thirty minutes in the morning yeah. when there was just a little bit of a breeze and still low light. Mm-hmm. And then slicked off, man. I knew you got to put it down, dude. Got to put it down. Justin, I do Pick have up a, the old Dean's rig. <laughs> a piece of advice for you when you're in Texas. Don't let Rich have pickled eggs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> pickled eggs for, no, for Riz. It, that was, they were actually uh, Cajun pickled quail eggs. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I saw him go in. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, <laughs> nobody eats that stuff. Well. Hey, you only live once. Yes. <laughs> I well, Riz, congratulations on your win. Well oh, done. You. Well done. Um, guys, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, we got so much coming out on Bash University TV all the time. Uh, we have our classroom seminar release every Wednesday. Uh, or I'm sorry, on Waters Wednesday. Classroom is on Thursday. We have mm-hmm. a kayak release on Fridays now. And, of course, we have our remasters, which we, uh, we take some of the – Man, some of the best this, anglers yeah. on the planet. And this, these are tried and true lessons that you definitely want to check out. And those are always uh, earlier in the week. So that's all happening at Bashu TV. And we've got a lot more coming for you guys. And we'll see you guys with the winner, Sabine. I think we got a like and share winner too, right? Oh, yep, we forgot yes, that. We do. Our like and share winner today is William Shelby. Congratulations, Can, William. Thank you for yeah, sharing, absolutely. guys. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week here at Bashu Live. See you guys.